the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm sure life in the time of 10-year bull markets. Gosh, what a run we've had, right? Markets are dropping in the month of March. It's been pretty dramatic. Like last week, a little bit up, a little bit down. The week before, a lot down this week, a lot down to start. We don't know where this is going to go in the short term. But it's kind of, um, what would you call it? Uh, sometimes any excuse for rebalance is a good thing. And I'll give you like a personal life story. Sometimes when you're in your 30s, you're succeeding in life, you're getting kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm the best ever. And you just need a little bit of a humbling moment to get you back down and say, yeah, you know what? I've had a good run. I need to stay in shape. I need to cut down drinking. I need to cut down partying. I need to whatever. Markets are dropping right now on a wild week with a lot of stuff going on. Today, we opened a lot higher. We've pulled back. There's a lot of question marks. What will Trump do? What will Trump not do? Should we be in a state of emergency or not? I'm not. I want people to like, don't change your plans too much, but always be open-minded about changing plans. It's, there's so many funny things from like advice you'd give it to a teenager is the advice that you almost have to give to people, the stock market. Uh, you know, I probably will say to my teenage son one day, don't take yourself too seriously, but, 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 but do take yourself seriously enough. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's not really saying a lot. So you get the idea. Stocks are trying to claw back yesterday's big losses. And yesterday's big losses were, uh, they're not as big as they look. I think we're all used to hearing, you know, down 300 is a bad day. It's not so much anymore. Down 1,000 is a bad day. It's not so much, down 1,500 was a bad day. And again, it goes back to when you were probably starting to figure out everything in the markets. You might have been eight years old, and it might have been the Dow 8,000. So up 800 was a big, big move. Down 800 was a big move, but at 25,000, not so much. Airlines are cutting back on flights due to the coronavirus. This could create some headaches for you. It could also create some opportunities. I know people who are traveling quite well right now on empty flights, and they're enjoying wonderful vacations and wonderful business travel. But there is some trickle down here, right? Southwest, Delta, United, JetBlue, 
Um, as they cut down on flights, they also cut down on the guys who are throwing bags in the plane. They also cut down on you know the the people who put the peanuts in the bag. And you're saying peanut farmers? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Who puts peanuts in bags? It just doesn't magically happen, does it? Um, so in even like sporting events, I, there's a big story. Like in everyone's back their mind right now because South by Southwest was canceled. A tennis tournament in Palm Springs, which I didn't make my point earlier when I, was, I meant to. That's in Coachella. It's Palm Springs. It's a retirement community. I don't think they want young people who are, like, touching each other near them right now. I think the retirement community wants to hide in retirement communities, according to headline news, right? But the Olympics is one that we would question big. And you have to almost be thankful that in the last 100 years, when there was, like, say, a... Um, coronavirus or uh, Spanish flu, which, oh, if you ever want to have fun, Google, not fun. If you ever want to have some good nostalgia, Google Spanish flu. And um, it hit Seattle hard. And the coronavirus is hitting Seattle hard. And it's like, that was roughly 100 years ago, wasn't it? History is repeating itself. And you get all worked up. Don't get all worked up. But, um, one of the cool ones that I saw was a picture out of Seattle from 100 years ago when they were suffering the Spanish flu. And it was a, a theater worker who had the sign that says, theater is closed at mayor's request or at mayor's behest. Even better than request, right? I love old photos. And now we're like, don't go to theaters if you're old. So the Olympics is one that... And a lot like the airlines. It's money that doesn't necessarily get replaced. I will eventually buy a new iPhone. Will I take mine from 2 years to 2.2 years to 2.4 years? I will eventually spend. But NBC's made $1.2 billion on advertising money for the Olympics. And if those do get canceled, let's not even talk about the sociological concept of airlines. You know, uh, of um, people flying to get together, people partying together, Lionel Richie singing all night long, and every Olympic fan is happy. And then you hear the crazy stories about how the young athletes are, hmm, how shall we say, hooking up with each other. And you're like, oh, this is a big international community. It's a big international community. There would be a sociological loss there. But think about some of the financials. $1.2 is not going to get reallocated. It's not like... Nike or Visa is going to say, you know what? We really want to run commercials on the NBC Nightly News. Or we really want to run commercials on, this is where I show, like, Seth Meyers. He's funny. Late night. Um, so that may be money. And, again, this is something NBC's been working on for years. That's a pretty big project. And, like, salespeople who have sold $1.2 billion ads, they've probably... Are you got rings for their wives and they've made babies and they're adding rooms to the house because they got the big fatty commissions, right? So that's out there. Let's talk about some non coronavirus stories, shall we? I'm going to do a coronavirus free hour one day and no one will listen, which is how that typically works, right? 800 516 get your calls on the air. Boeing stock is getting pummeled. And here's a stock where. I believed, and I want to say that I was wrong. Last year, when they're going through their 737 MAX checklist, 
when will they get it up in the air? When will they not get it up in the air? Will it be March? No. Will it be summer? No. Will it be fall? No. And we keep going through this checklist, and like we're now we're looking at the calendar, we're like, it's, it's March again. So Boeing's getting hit hard, and I thought last year they were going to get some certification at some point in time. Maybe right about now. And Wall Street would know about it back in 2019, because in theory, Wall Street looks six months ahead. So, but the coronavirus now hits them, and companies are cutting back on flights and capacities. They're also cutting back on new orders, and they're also cutting back on some maintenance if they're flying fewer miles. Boeing makes a lot of money servicing their planes, not just selling them to you or leasing them to you, but servicing them. Boeing got hit hard yesterday with the high price of oil, and uh, with oil prices dropping based on demand collapsing. Boeing, in theory, should be getting an advantage here with lower energy prices, but they're almost too low. How low can you go? I hate games like that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Capacity cuts. Something we're talking about. For the record, the market's open with a kind of a nice rebound. I know you probably saw the numbers yesterday. It was pretty ugly. But it wasn't as ugly as it could have been. It didn't go to zero. <laughs> so anytime there's that kind of big whoosh down, we kind of look around and we're like, are we okay? We're okay. I honestly think it's more of a market that was melting up for too long of a period of time and it found an excuse and it found a really good excuse to let some steam off. Expectations and a fiscal stimulus plan for the United States are out there now, and this is both a good thing and a negative thing, right? There's no right answers when it comes to money. Will Trump freeze the payroll tax and help small businesses and help small hourly workers? Or will it be a week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks? Or will it be, and there's, that's where you start getting into like if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, so what a party would have. Oil's having a nice rebound today. Oh, but back to that fiscal stimulus is yesterday was kind of a trial balloon. I, I don't know if that's quite the right way of saying it. Um, trial balloon, meaning the Fed can send out press releases like, you know, we're totally aware of what's going on and we will cut rates if need be. You're like, okay, let's see how the market responds to that. And there's a little bit of a market thing that we're looking at too much. And that's a little unfortunate. So when Trump floats the idea of a payroll tax cut, you know, uh, we kind of start all looking around and say, like, is that what we're looking for? Is that what we're going after? But then today they're like, we don't know how soon we can deliver it. And we start up 600, we go down to up 200. And yesterday was a rough day. Fiscal stimulus plans on Capitol Hill unfold. And as they do, there's a lot of details that come out. And here's the, my problem with fiscal stimulus plans. We're running deficits. And if you were to call the United States your Uncle Eddie, you're like, Eddie, 
when you're going to finally uh, earn money and not continue to get more and more in debt? Now, keep in mind, I earn money, and I'm more and more into debt. It's I'm able to service my debt, and that's the super important thing, and that's actually one of the wonderful things that's happening right now. When the 10-year treasury gets to be value at spit, essentially all bonds, two-year, 10-year, 30-year, are all worth almost nothing in yield. That means the United States can borrow money at almost no cost. Not a bad time to borrow money. If we were borrowing money for stimulus at interest rates of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14%, I'd say we're doomed. I still don't think we're out of the water. I, I looked at the 10-year treasury during the commercial and sitting at 0.6. Now, that's way better than yesterday's. Was it 0.33? But we need to get back above one. Now, then we'll have a little bit more wiggle room. But also, we would have a little bit more expectations for inflation. And money's fairly smart. A lot of people just tend to think the bond market's smarter than the stock market. The stock market is more of a, a freakishly good guesser of the future. So when the market has volatility right now, you probably won't see it in the headline news for four to six months. And that could be you start seeing a buildup of first-time unemployment claims for a couple months. And you're like, oh, I'm not really thinking much about that. That doesn't look that bad. But then the spending stops after people stop getting their severance, after people stop blow through their savings. And that's in that four- to six-month period kind of concept. I'm trying to push concepts right now. Interesting. Nike's a little lower today. Visa's a little higher. Tesla, the yo-yo stock of the day, right? I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about Elon Musk referring to the coronavirus as stupid. <laughs> He's lost a couple billion dollars. Excuse me. That's how sleepy the market makes me. It's so boring these days. He loses a couple billion dollars in a matter of a month due to the way the coronavirus is spread. And again, I want to repeat, the number of infections in South Korea are going down. Japan going down. Taiwan going down. China going down. Now, there's also a lot of questions that we don't know. In the United States, they're going to go up because we probably, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but we had 20,000 test kits. Now we've got like 2 million or something. The more tests, the more proof we're going to get, right? If you were to say how many people in the United States have HIV versus how many people have it but don't know because they haven't been tested, how many people had the flu this year versus how many people thought, oh, that was just allergies. So investors right now, I'm very, very proud of them. And I want you to I want to be proud of you. We're starting to see some reports out of Fidelity, Vanguard, and T. Rowe Price. And those are some of the big guys, right? They've got about nine trillion under management. And they say most of their customers are staying the course. They're doing the Warren Buffett thing. Now again, a really good sign is if we hear Warren Buffett in the next couple of days come out and say, I'm buying X or I'm buying Y. He's not always right. He can get sectors wrong for sure. You could see a snapback elsewhere faster 
But when Warren Buffett sniffs around, I, I always like it. In 2008, he wrote the op-ed piece in the New York Times, Buy American, I Am. And that op-ed piece was really tied towards uh, American stocks, not like American cars. Buffett said he believed the American economy and its companies, saying, you know, if you want to invest for the long term, equities will almost certainly outperform cash over the next decade, probably to a substantial degree. I'm so going to miss him when he passes. Keep him alive. Let's cut off his head right now and freeze his brain forever. We never want to lose him. Wait, wait, you lose him if I cut off his head? So, Fidelity is saying people are improving their portfolio. Something CFP Chad Burton says, something I say, something Warren. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. It's interesting talking with you every single day. It's very cathartic for me. Thank you. A couple weeks ago, we are talking more about the stock markets were in a correction. And we always said during that period of time, correction is 10% from a recent all-time high. Could lead to a bear market, 20% from a recent high. Bear markets can go 30% in a blink of an eye. If you're not prepared for that, you can't buy stocks. Because bear markets have happened pretty consistently in the last 100 years. But what also has happened pretty consistently in the last 100 years is stocks hitting all-time highs 7 out of 10 years. I can't speak for when I say stocks. I'm not talking about like the stocks that are on the uh, Calgary Stock Exchange. I know you're saying Calgary. Never heard of it. Exactly. It's out there. and It's typically stocks that are maybe like a marijuana stock or a biotech stock that has no earnings. Two scientists, but... They want to float stock for whatever reason. So I feel pretty comfortable. Remember two weeks ago I was talking about corrections, and now we're talking about potential bear markets. It's not going to kill you. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We had a year last year where the markets were up 25-plus percent. I was looking for a hiccup, and we got one. Did I think it was going to be this? No. But remember, two weeks ago, I was talking about creative destruction. I was talking about corrections. Now we're talking bear market or playing with it. I forgot when I was talking about creative destruction, my favorite economist, Joseph Schumpeter. How it works is you come up with a new product. Then you get a new and old product unit, like maybe a human and a robot. Then you start production using the same necessary means of production. Then you get newer forms of production. Then you eliminate the old production model. And then you start with a new combination of production and you want a new unit. So fax machines were killed by email, right? Beepers were killed by mobile phones. Dead trees are replaced by new seedlings. Humans are replaced by robots. Creative destruction. Always try to push yourself at times like this. 
right now the Wall Street, the Wall Street, I think I've done that twice now this week. I think that's aging me, or maybe the market is aging me. But big gains were expected today, in large part because there was big losses yesterday. Nothing has really been settled at this point in time. And what we're looking for is help. That makes, I'm not going to say that makes me worried, but we're looking for the Federal Reserve to cut. After that, I don't know what else they can do. We're looking for the United States government to stimulate. After that, we got to stimulate a little bit less and save a little bit more. We're looking for the numbers to peak. They're peaking in South Korea. They're peaking in Japan. They're peaking in Taiwan, Japan. Apple said all their stores are open now except for two. So manufacturing, they said, is probably around 50%, but that can create a disruption, which we'll talk about later. When Apple's up 90% last year, I kind of think that, like, there could be a hiccup, right? When things get priced for perfection, in of itself, that is a problem of, are you going to be priced for perfectionists again? markets went lower. Hmm. That didn't last long, right? Getting a tax refund is right around the corner. Are you thinking about your taxes? Now, getting a tax refund is, I kind of said that out loud. Why? Because I'm messing with you. The idea of a tax refund isn't really that much of a refund. It's the refunding what you overpaid. But looking at the calendar, we're going to be talking taxes in a month. Will we still be talking coronavirus? Probably. I don't know. Your tax refund is not a personal strategy for getting money to go spend at bars. Maybe when you're 23, 24 it is. God, I I remember the joy of being like 20, 21, 22 and filing super simple taxes. And I remember the, the, I'd almost say anger that I felt when I owed money on April 15th. Because sometimes you're like, my first couple jobs were, I used to build computers for a department store, a toy store. And I got real, you know, I got real tax forms. And you kind of hope that you set it up right. And trust me, when you're making ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, most of it during the holiday season. You're not really thinking at that time, am I putting in enough? But do you remember the moment getting back that $200 check or something? You're like, wow, this is awesome. So in about a month, we're going to be thinking about that. A lot can happen between now and a month. You're seeing sporting events being canceled, some willy-nilly. There's one coming up, a test tournament got canceled in Coachella, Palm Desert. But the same one that starts a week later in... Miami's not canceled yet. So that's going on. Airline tickets cheap right now. I almost cried out of happiness and sadness at the same time. This is a great time to book a vacation. If you're a betting man and you feel like it's going to go through. Because airlines need you. 
getting a tax refund, meh, not as important as airlines needing you and getting that vacation. Like, think about it. How many big vacations do in your life? Looking at flights to uh, Hawaii, when you have kids and you have a spouse and you're the breadwinner, you kind of like go, wow, it's really expensive to travel. Because you've traveled once or twice with kids and all these extra things, and then the spouse is going off and getting pillows for everyone. You're like, we could have brought a pillow from home. We could have bought a pillow on Am. Like, why are you doing it there? But like, and it gets a little nuts, right? Well, now you can fly instead of you know eight hundred dollars round trip to Hawaii, you can fly round trip for two hundred. That means you can do it four times, but you can't. But you get the idea. So the markets have turned negative after opening big. And it happened step for step, exactly when the White House said, we, yes, we are thinking about cutting the payroll tax, but we have no plans on the tail yet. So there was some sell into strength today. Try not to get that head fake going. Stitch fix quarterly earnings missed expectations. There's only so many stocks that I personally want to own. And this would be a good conversation to have with CFP Chad Burton down the road. What's a good number of stocks? There's that billionaire investor guy, Ken Fisher, who some of his clients used to come to my offices. And it's a bring a copy of your portfolio. And I don't even say some of his clients. I'll say people used to talk to me and I said, let me see your portfolio. And I would see Fisher Investments on his. And I was like, why do you own 100 stocks? I'd ask the person, not Ken Fisher. Like, I don't know why I own 100 stocks. And I'm like, why don't you just own the NASDAQ 100? Because this is 100 growth names, and it looks like it's it's almost line for line, the NASDAQ 100. And I was like, that monkey puts you in 100 stocks back when you had to pay for stocks to buy and pay for stocks to sell. So then you get too diversified. But what's the right number of stocks? I think we all know... Some of my favorites. They're not that difficult to throw around. Um, what's the perfect number? 800-516-1220. Calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Big gains were expected out of the open. They didn't really hold up. Stocks rebounded modestly. Oil prices rebounded 8% today. Treasuries have retreated. Talk of fiscal stimulus out of the White House. A Washington Post reporter tweeted that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican out of Kentucky, does not like the idea of a payroll tax cut. Although he hasn't taken a position either way. (laughs) It's like, which one is it? German Chancellor Angela Merkel said that classic stimulus is not needed at this point. Germany's DAX is down fractions. But it was up big this morning based on that whole U.S. news of... We're going to get stimulus from Trump, and if Trump does it, then Merkel will do it. If Merkel does it, then you kind of think there's going to be this worldwide concerted effort. I can't make heads or tails out of this today. Utilities are weak. Was it because early on we were like, we, we love the business model of utilities, in a good economy or bad economy, if I'm going to play my Xbox, if I'm going to have heated showers, if I'm going to have refrigerated food, I need to pay my my, electric, my electricity bills, right? 
maybe my natural gas, but you get the idea. So there's some consistency in that. But the moment we start talking about stimulus, we're like, ooh, let's forget the consistency. Ooh. Costco down 1.1%. Pepsi's down as the consumer staples, a lot like the utilities. We need staples. Walmart sells a lot of staples. Not office staples, but food staples. Life staples. Walmart was up yesterday when the market was down. I don't know if it ended up, but for most of the day, it was up. Today, we're like, yeah, maybe we want more growth because stimulus is coming. And then Merkel's like, we don't need stimulus right now. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. ExxonMobil and Chevron are leading the markets higher today after taking it brutally yesterday. One of the big winners on the percentages, a company called Marathon Oil. I tend not to even look at those on a day-by-day basis. There may be some of you out there who are like, I want to see the biggest percentage winner was because where there's soap, there's fire. We are all different investors. And that's why you have to be very careful when marketing and talking to people about money. You may be truly fearful. And for me to say something along the lines of just ride this one out, we've ridden out 20 other disasters. And I can name 20 disasters for you. But if you're truly fearful, I want you do what you got to do. Take care of you. Because I don't want you coming back at me when I say, well, we're somewhere in between a correction and a bear market right now. But then you can start making yourself sick by going, how long will the bear market last? When will I ever make money? Will I ever make money? Will it ever be fun again? I want to be at all-time highs. I want to like do that happy song. We're all different investors. So the big percentage winners don't really necessarily intrigue me. Maybe if I want it to be, how shall we say, salacious. <laughs> Maybe if I want it to be, how shall we say, depraved. Where I'm looking for something like, like I need more than just the normal. Show me the cure for cancer before everyone else gets it. I, I'm looking at companies right now who I think are doing things right. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Um, I'm not a big airline guy. So when you bring up airlines to me and you see how much they've fallen, I'm like, that's not me as an investor. I'm not going to change that in a good time or a bad time. Now I'll say this, Warren Buffett stayed out of airlines for 30 years and he's recently gotten back into them and he's recently started adding to his position. I believe in Delta could be an American, but I'm not a hundred percent sure it could be both, but you have to do what you're good at. And I can tell you, and I think others will tell you, like there's some areas that are toxic right now. That 10-year treasury, it's not supposed to be this low. We're the United States of America. We're not supposed to have the same monetary policy as Germany or the same as Japan. And if we don't get out of that incredibly low interest rate policy, I don't see a big recovery for banks. And I think I, I like to say that banks drive our economy. Banks drive the world. 
everything in this eyesight of mine was brought or financed by a bank. I know you say, whoa, it's probably all made in Japan 35, 40 years ago. It's probably all made in China now. But Japan's never recovered. Their, their stock market has, but their, their, their banks never have. And there's like, I don't want to use the word zombie banks, but there's some areas that you got to have interest rates higher if you're going to be playing with them. So, so I'm staying in my lane. I hope you do too. President Donald Trump floated an idea on Monday for a payroll tax cut or relief to offset the negative impact of the coronavirus. Potential tax incentives come on top of an $8.3 billion spending package. So this coronavirus is costing real money. And the payroll tax cut would be big money. On, But would it help? I don't think anyone thinks it's going to stop the virus. I don't think anyone thinks that it's going to be like taking a vitamin C pill. Tax cuts are nice. Paying less in taxes makes you... You know what I would actually like about this time? A lot of times when people get like... Um, government sends you a check for like $400 to make America great again. Or cash for clunkers. Things like that. A lot of those economic benefits feel very one time. And they don't really get a lot of bang for their buck. It would be interesting because a lot of people would be like, well, I'm going to go to Vegas. Do you know how many people, and this is so sad, in New Orleans were given cash settlements on their houses and then they just went to the casinos? Like, cash isn't always good. What would be interesting is that right now I think people are afraid to go to the casinos. And I'm just talking from a sociological standpoint. What would people spend their tax cut money on? I don't know. The areas getting hit the hardest right now, restaurants. I th- Let me give you an example, because I like being honest with you. You know a company that's really intriguing to me right now? Chipotle Mexican Grill. In large part, it's fallen far. It was at 940, now it's at 680. I don't own any shares of it, but I probably do like it at S&P 500 fund. To me, they are exactly what you don't want right now. You don't want to go to restaurants. But the type of restaurants that you do want to go to, quick service. So they're in the right spot. So I might, you know, if I have time and if I have patience and I have that shopping list, and having that shopping list of what I want is Chipotle looks good. It looks like it's suffered enough from the coronavirus. When you take a look at the chart, then I'm going to have to start looking to see if I really, really want it, like valuations, the PE, the price to sales, the margins. Are they opening more stores, closing more stores? So it doesn't just go with, oh, I've always wanted that one. But it's not a bad time. Interesting to note, the market started much higher, up 600, 700. Now the market's up 300. It'll be fun to watch as the markets go through the day, where we close, where we open. It doesn't mean a lot. In the short term, the faster it moves, the less damage it does. A market that goes down for three years in a row every single day is a killer. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Today we started up 600. That's a little light. 
Then we started looking at the 10-year treasury. We started looking at, you know, things that are moving. We're looking at the bounce back in oil. Like, anyhow, I'm Rob Black. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.